Welcome to Insights into the Faith with Bishop Mark Seitz of the Diocese of El Paso. Join us as we discuss Bishop Seitz's thoughts and teachings into our faith and the life of our church in El Paso. And now, welcome, Bishop Mark. Muy buenos dias. Good morning. Welcome to Insights into the Faith. I am Fernie Ceniceros, your humble host, Director of Communications for the Diocese of El Paso. Conmigo hoy, desde su oficina, el señor obispo Mark Seitz. Good morning, Bishop Mark. Buenos dias. Good morning. Buenos dias, Fernie. Nobody's going to believe this. We, we actually started like a few seconds early today. We we absolutely did. We started we're on it. We're we're on 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 it. And that means that from this point on the wheels are going to come off the wagon, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's going to be a great show. But Bishop Mark, before we get started, una oración, señor obispo, por favor, para para empezar. Muy bien. En el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Amén. Te damos gracias, Señor. Este nuevo día es su regalo. Y gracias a ti, ese día todavía invierno, uh, aquí en El Paso, siente más como la primavera. Consigo siempre es la primavera. Uh, y gracias por su presencia, la vida que nos ofrece. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day that you are blessing us with. Help us in the midst of our busyness to pause for a moment every now and then and to remember you and your goodness revealed in the gentle breeze and the sun in the relationships that we are blessed to share. Uh, please, Lord, be with us in this day. Renew us in our desire to serve you. Uh, Continue to work on our hearts so that they might be loving hearts, forgiving hearts. Help us, Lord, to let go of our worries and anxieties in your presence, knowing that no burden of ours is too great for you to lift and that you are ready to help us along the way. Guide us in this day and in this time that we share together. Te lo pedimos todo por Cristo nuestro Señor. Amén. Amén. En el nombre del Padre, del Hijo, del Espíritu Santo. Amén. Bishop Mark, yesterday I went outside and it was almost 75, almost 80 degrees yesterday. Mm. It was a beautiful, beautiful day yesterday. Just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Not as beautiful as Sunday. I mean, Sunday, well. Sunday was a very, very special day. Yeah, well. And not because it was the Super Bowl. That's what I thought you were talking about. And, you know, <laughs> no. no, it, no. It, was a, it was a day in which the light is just a little bit lighter. I used to tell that joke to, to Father John when I was in the seminary as a means to just get him to laugh. I think I, I would just make out, I would make up the most outlandish thing I could say. And if it made him laugh, then I did my job. And that was one of the things that I would do is I would just say the most outrageous thing, like the day shines brighter on my birthday when it, it really doesn't. Well, it's, it's in I'm February. I'm glad you mentioned some birthday because a lot of people are saying, what did I miss on Sunday? <laughs> it's, it was my birthday. I turned 44 and uh, I got a chance to watch the game and my wife made deviled eggs, my favorite. So it was a very good, good day. day. Good very, day. very good day. 
but uh, thank you to everybody that said happy birthday to me. That was very yeah, nice. But two um, bottoms were ready to celebrate with you, I'm sure. Yes, yes, they were. But mm -hmm. uh, Bishop Mark, um, you know, we, we, we talk a little about, you know, in El Paso, we, we get to celebrate outside and we get to go outside and be in the sun. It, it's the only place I know where one day it's winter and then four, four, four or five days later, it's, it's spring. Um, that being said, you know, as, as an avid hiker yourself, you love this weather, right? Oh, I do. I do. You know, I think everyone knows that I grew up in the North country in Wisconsin and I still certainly have a special place in my heart for Wisconsin. And, and um, you know, there's so many things about it that um, are dear to me. Uh, but I just love being in a place where any day of any month of the year, it can be in the 70s. You know? yeah. It's just great. Um, and uh, the number of sunny days that we have here in El Paso, um, they really do my heart good. I remember growing up in Wisconsin thinking, when was the last time I saw the sun? I, I wonder if it's still up there. Uh, you know, you just weren't sure after a while. I mean, we could go like two weeks. Después de dos semanas, pensam, um, comenzamos a pensar, ¿hay un sol en el, en el cielo o no? No estamos seguro. But it, it, that's an opportunity also for you uh, as bishop and as, and as our spiritual father to to pray para orar para nosotros when like when you do go outside i know you you're an avid walker i, I see you i mm. see you walking but that that's your opportunity to pray right what what's what's in your prayers these days bishop mark mm, such a long list oh my gosh you know I, one thing that's really hit home to me as i have moved along and as a priest and now a bishop is my special responsibility is the responsibility of every Christian, but my special responsibility is to intercede for people, you know, to pray for people. Um, that That's what a priest basically does. I mean, if you look at the sacraments, at the mass, and those tremendous opportunities, what we're doing is um, placing people in the presence of God and entrusting them to him. And we we realize that um, while our particular efforts aren't what is going to make a difference in, in terms of our prayer for them, it's not because of our um, something that's just from us that we're forcing God's hand, oh, okay, he's going to ignore them and then now he's going to pay attention. Uh, no, but the way that God has established his loving providence Quiere ayudarnos en cooperación con el pueblo de Dios, en cooperación con, en particular con sus sacerdotes que uh, están uh, uh, aceptando una uh, tarea de, de oración para su pueblo. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, um, I, I, a lot of what I do is um, just to ask God to be with the different people that I'm uh, dealing with during the day. I, I hear the, about their needs, but I also have 
really like a long list <laughs> that I try to go through every day um, that kind of retraces my steps in the priesthood. People with, you know, who have moved me, inspired me, um, whose needs were so great, so many of whom have died, others who are continuing along the path, family, of course, that's a long list in itself. Right. So you asked a simple question and you got a long answer, which is often the way we do it. But uh, No, no, yeah. and I like the, the long answers because it gives me an opportunity to ask follow-ups. And my follow-up is, is that uh, in el pasado año y medio más, casi llegando a 22 meses, 23 meses, estamos en esta pandemia. Uh, moving into Lent, moviéndonos entre, entre, entre el tiempo de cuaresma, ¿qué es lo que estamos buscando sobre la pandemia? ¿Qué es lo que estamos avisando a la gente? Uh, what are we asking people as far as the pandemic is concerned? What, what are you seeing and what are your prayers like for the pandemic? Bueno, creo que la pandemia es, uh, oh, bueno, la cuaresma es una oportunidad enfrentar a enfrentar la realidad de esta vida los sufrimientos uh, que están parte de, de esta vida que um, la pandemia sí pero otras enfermedades y dificultades uh, de la vida que que todo uh, no eso no es algo uh, afuera de la de la experiencia de esta vida uh, pero es una oportunidad caminar por esta vida no solo pero uh, con nuestro señor so I, I hope that what I said was clear in a certain way you know I, th I think there's a certain uh, that Lent brings us to a certain uh, recognition again of just what this life is about. Somehow, most of us try to go through it with with a childish kind of, um, not childlike, mind you, but childish notion that it's just supposed to be peaches and cream, you know, mm -hmm. it's supposed to be dessert you know uh it's supposed to be the f f every day is a fun day right and um and that's really good for a child you hope that a child will be able to see each day as a play day in a certain way you know but but when you get older you, you do have to um you know face the the fact that this life has its trials it's not intended to be every day of fun a play day you know yeah. that um we have uh, a responsibility to uh use this life for good and to prepare ourselves for the life to come so uh the penances that we undertake the reflection upon the suffering of jesus uh fasting almsgiving all of these things help us to come to a much more adult and realistic view of life. No estoy diciendo que no podemos 
jugar. Que no podemos tener razones para nuestra alegría. Seguramente que no. Uh, pero nuestra alegría ahora es más profunda. Profunda. Porque uh, estamos pasando aún por la, las um, uh, dificultades de, de la vida con nuestros ojos fijados en, en el Señor. Uh, so, so we go through life's trials, but, but even then with a sense of peace and even joy, knowing that the Lord is at work uh, and that he will, will come out on the other side with his help. And, and so say, having said that about being cognizant of the Lord being at work, how do you see the Lord being at work in our pandemic situation right now? And, and how are we preparing moving forward uh, into the pandemic? You know, we talk about the numbers, we talk about Omicron and there's still people that are unvaccinated. There's still people that are in the hospital. And, you know, I was commenting to my wife the other day about how there's a group of the population that feels like this is just over or the pandemic was, you know, two months in, in 2020. And, and for some of us, it's been almost two years, 23 months. Yeah. Um, how do you feel moving into this next phase of, I guess, the next year of the pandemic as, as we go into the beginning of our third year. Uh, what's the situation like here for you and, and in thinking for the people of the Diocese of El Paso? Well, you're, you're asking a really big question. And if, so if you don't mind, I'm going to answer it in a, a, at least two, or two parts and maybe three. Right. Uh, first of all, let's talk for a moment about where we are right now with the pandemic. And... Um, Gracias a Dios, ha disminuido la, el número de, de los contagios en, en nuestra comunidad. Uh, so the numbers of cases have declined, and it seems like they're declining fairly sharply. Uh, but there are some lagging indicators that make us still concerned, and, and I think we need to take a, a position of caution uh, because there's still so many people sick in the hospital. Uh, when I go, I see whole floors filled with people that still ha have COVID. Uh, and according to the report I read just the other day, um, I think it might've been Monday, uh, they still reported 98 people on ventilators in the hospital, even more than that in uh, ICU, 98 in our community. That's that's not an insignificant number. That's huge. And uh, when they put a person on a ventilator, that's really serious right now. Uh, you know, I don't think the majority of people that go on and ventilators get off of them at, right, in right. In, in the case of COVID, that's not true in many other situations. But COVID just has shown that when a person gets to that point with the pneumonia it causes, that very often they don't come back. Um, so I'm still very concerned for people in our community. And as I've mentioned before, 
I think one of the most important ways to gauge how we should be acting is by looking at the numbers that are hospitalized in ICU on ventilators dying. You know, we, we should look at that because if we're not being careful, then that means that more people are going to uh, catch the disease. This Omicron variant, although it's, they say it's not quite as severe generally, uh, it spreads much more easily. And people who, particularly people who have other conditions can still get very ill and die. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a large percentage of our population, although we've achieved a fairly high number who are vaccinated, like over 75%, I believe. Right. Uh, that still leaves 25%, and that's uh, hundreds of thousands of people are not. So I believe that what I was seeing is that uh, well, more than two thirds of the people who are hospitalized were not vaccinated. It'd be interesting to see how many, what percentage of the hospitalized didn't receive their booster, because I'll bet you that's also a high percentage, um, uh, an even higher number than that, uh, who a uh, number of those who die are not vaccinated. So those of us who are vac vaccinated cannot say, well, I'm not going to worry about this because I'm vaccinated. My family's vaccinated. No, because if you catch it, you can still give it to somebody else. And Omicron, the Initial studies were saying uh, people who get this Omicron variant generally pass it on to like two or three others. Mm -hmm. So I, I continue to be extremely concerned about the people who have other, what they call comorbidities, uh, have other serious illnesses that uh, can mean when they get it, even if they're vaccinated, they might have a more serious case and they might die. So, okay, so the numbers are going down, but there's still reason for caution. That's the gist of what I'm saying. Todavía necesitamos tener mucho cuidado en ese momento con el virus porque no ha salido. No ha salido de allí. No en un otro lugar, a un otro lugar, es, todavía está presente entre nosotros. So, uh, in regard to protocols and things, we're going to continue to uh, say that whoever comes to church, whoever comes to a meeting at the church, they need to wear their mask. Okay, we're going to keep that going. That caution, that element of caution doesn't cost us all that much, right? But it I think it will help our communities to be a, a, a bit more safe and we need to err on the side of caution. So Fernie, you asked another question uh, and that was, you know, uh, the way I understood it is just what spiritually right. is happening here and what can we get out of it? Creo que podemos aprender mucho Mucho de esta experiencia. Primeramente, por ejemplo, aprendemos que aunque tenemos mucha tecnología en nuestro tiempo, uh, todavía no 
somos en control, no estamos en control. Esta vida es muy frágil y, y necesitamos buscar a, al Señor para, para guiarnos, para ayudarnos en nuestro peregrinas nuestra peregrinación por, por este esta vida uh, y también uh, que como di, dije antes esta vida no es solamente un tiempo para jugar uh, para juegos si tiempos de recreación están excelente todos necesitan eso no importa su edad pero los adultos si quieren ser maduros uh, y vivir su vida con responsabilidad necesitan reconocer que que no todo va a estar un juego uh, necesitamos estar listos a sacrificar, a servir. Uh, si, si amamos, significa que vamos a dar lo que podemos en el, para el bien de otros. So, uh, this life isn't just a, a game. Uh, it, it's um, a very serious undertaking uh, in which we ought to seek God and seek to live according to his example, willing to give of ourselves generously because we love. Uh, wherever there is true love, there's also a willingness to sacrifice for the other. So uh, I think it just brings home the, the reality of this life. It shouldn't depress us if we realize that um, God is in the middle of it and uh, that he'll bring good. And that, that's too, in, in a sense, uh, brings me to my next topic that you talk about uh, love. Uh, and that's that's love for one another in, in, in wearing, doing something simple as wearing a mask. Uh, but also, if, if you are uh, able and willing, now is the time to come back, right, Bishop Mark? It's, it's always been a time to come back. We're not restricting uh, the, as far as people coming back to church, correct? Yes, I, I think I would still advise people who have uh, other serious issues that have been shown to be a problem for those with COVID to stay home. But everybody else, I think you're quite safe in coming to church. Um, families with children, um, you know, adults who are in good health, practice safe practices, Our churches tend not to be crowded yet. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, wear your masks and you will be fine. And uh, the truth is, brothers and sisters, you need the Lord. Uh, those with limitations, you know, the Lord doesn't um, expect you to do what is, what is dangerous for you, right? Mm -hmm. um, but those of you who are able Uh, you you need the Lord and and um, you need to receive his uh, Eucharist uh, you need to worship God um, uh, you're you need we all need God's help right now and and we need 
who are able need to be supporting with our prayers and our worship those who are unable to come. Um, entonces, vengan a la misa, vengan de nuevo a su parroquia. Uh, no realizamos a veces que tenemos un gran hambre y, uh, ¿cómo puedo decir? Um, una falta de alimentos uh, espirituales. Uh, pero tengo un miedo que, que muchos en nuestra comunidad están sufriendo de malnutrición. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, I am very worried about people who've just gotten comfortable sitting at home when they need to be putting God first in their life. If you're able to go to this grocery store, friends, you know, if you're healthy enough to do that, if you're able uh, to go out to other uh, gathering of friends, um, don't tell me that you can't go to church. That, uh, that just doesn't make sense. Um, and I, I would have to tell you, I'm sorry, but I think your priorities are a little bit off. Right, Bishop Mark. So uh, moving on to, to the other topic, while we're talking about uh, the topic of love and, and sacrifice, uh, one of the things that we've done here in the diocese is we have reopened our migrant shelter uh, to those uh, migrants and refugees uh, from Central America and, and even South America. Uh, um, and beyond. And beyond, right? So uh, basically the migrant shelter here, the diocese, uh, at uh, Martyrs Hall is opened, I believe, on Mondays uh, and works to uh, help people uh, get to their places of destination. And usually the migrants are, are uh, done here, you know, by Wednesday, maybe even sometimes they lie till Thursday. But Bishop Mark, tell me about why you felt it was necessary again to open the migrant shelter here in the diocese. Uh, as an act of love, is it what? What do we need to focus on when it comes to this? Okay, let me give you just a little background on what we see happening in terms of immigrants coming to our border. Um, there remains a fairly high number who are coming, and uh, as you say, they're from all over Latin America, but but even beyond. We had a uh, we we're, we're seeing a lot of Cubans. Mm -hmm. uh, Nicaraguans, uh, but even some people from Africa. We had a person from Gambia in our shelter yesterday. Uh, so uh, the people are coming. The majority, the vast majority, are still being kicked back when they appeal for asylum. They're, they're sent back across the border. But if they're not from a continu contiguous country or from Central America, uh, the, the Northern Triangle of Central America, then, they're, um, then they need a different treatment uh, according to the practices right now. And some of them are being flown back to their countries, uh, like Haiti. They have flights to Haiti, uh, Brazil. Uh, but very often they can't fly them all back. And, and so there's a small percentage that are allowed to come into the United States. They're put on, on probation, as it's called, until they would go through their court procedure 
trying to make their case for asylum. So these people are legally here. Right. They're vetted by border uh, patrol um, and brought to us at a certain point uh, to assist them on their journey to wherever they've been given permission to go. So uh, I just want to be clear, we're working with the authorities on this. And and just as we were in the former administration, it's, it's you know, there were always some who were able to, to come. Um, and, and again, these are by, you know, the vast majority uh, are people who are simply running for their life mm -hmm. and looking for a place that is safe. Um, very often they have family here. And wh where would you go if you were running for your life? I think you, the, any one of us would do the same. So the numbers have been such that Annunciation House has needed a little help. And, and we've been opening to receive a group just on Monday at this point. We're trying to build our capacity, but we don't have enough volunteers. And so we're limited to Monday. And, and, and really, um, I don't think we've actually even gone past Tuesday, Fernia. It's a little different than before. We, we have a more efficient system. And um, so very often they're just here for 24 to 48 hours at the most. Um, and uh, yeah, we do need some, uh, whatever kind of support, what we need more than anything are people to help like serve meals, mm -hmm. to help register them when they come, uh, things like that. Um, bilingual people, or, you know, especially we need um, people who are in basically good health and vaccinated um, can do this safely. We, one of the, the first thing that we do when they come to us is test them for COVID. And uh, those who test positive, very small number, but they end up going to a special place, not with us. So Bishop Mark, I, I was told to announce that if you wanted to help uh, monetarily, you could write a check to the, uh, made out to the Diocese of El Paso with a, with a, a note written to the, Mag the Migrant Family Fund. And then if you mail it in, make sure you put attention to uh, Patricia Lopez Rueda. She is our chancellor and, and she is the one that would be able to uh, facilitate where those fund, where the funding goes. Uh, or if you, if you need, if you're looking to maybe be a, a, a volunteer, uh, we're asking that you reach out to our Office of uh, Peace and Justice with uh, Marco Raposo. And uh, he's the one that is responsible for uh, the migrant shelter and, and how uh, volunteers are used, um, uh, particularly on Mondays and sometimes into Tuesday. Uh, we, we do need uh, the assistance. Uh, Bishop Mark, anything else you'd like to add as far as uh, the migrant shelter is concerned? Would you like to post maybe a list of uh, things that we need to have donated? Maybe yes, we sir, we're, we're working on a list. Uh, um, as a matter of fact, I, I spoke to uh, Ms. Pat this morning, uh, working on a list to put up on our diocesan Facebook and our diocesan website as to uh, what people need. A lot of times it's uh, uh, things like underwear, um, you know, certain specific articles of clothing, uh, things of that nature. So, so we will be uh, putting that together uh, here in the coming days. 
Sí. Y estamos hablando en, en inglés, pero espero que todos entiendan que estamos hablando acerca de la necesidad que tenemos para más voluntarios para ayudar a nuestros hermanos y hermanas migrantes en su camino. No tienen nada, nada. Uh, y, y son especial al Señor por esta razón. Y necesitamos ayudarles para para continuar su jornada en, en, con un poco de seguridad. Uh, puede conectar con el marco reposo con la oficina de paz y justicia. Y also Bishop Mark, las oraciones, ¿verdad? Las oraciones son muy esenciales para estos, estos gentes, ¿verdad? Sí, señor. <coughs> Por favor. Yes. para ellos. Excellent, Bishop Mark. Well, as always, we say we're going to run out of things to talk about and we're not going to have enough time. And here we are. It's uh, 1032 and a whole half hour of us talking. But before I let you go, uh, antes de, de, de que la dejo ir a su prójima, quería hablar sobre el, eh, el evangelio que vamos a oír esta fin de semana para el séptimo domingo del tiempo ordinario. Well, Jesus has a pretty radical message that I'm not sure man, many of us have really taken seriously, and uh, we need to think about it. He says this incredible thing. Amen a sus enemigos. Whoa, love your enemies? Are you crazy? Uh, most of us would say, man, I have a hard time even loving the people who are supposed to be my, my family and friends. And that's true. Uh, but Jesus call is to something more. So um, come and pray and reflect about it. Listen to his words again and be challenged. Excellent, Bishop Mark. So those of you that are homebound, uh, you can find our uh, diocesan uh, television mass on the CW set channel 7.2 at 11 a.m. on Sundays. Y en español en el canal TV Azteca uh, a las 10 de la mañana en el canal 7.4 y uh, como siempre también en nuestros uh, so, uh, redes sociales puede hallar, uh, puede hallar uh, las misas y la homilía del señor obispo uh, los domingos uh, Bishop Mark uh, thank you so much for your time I, I'd like to ask uh, for your final blessing uh, as always gracias a todos por estar con nosotros gracias. el señor esté con ustedes y con su espíritu que la bendición de Dios Padre, Hijo, Espíritu Santo, descienda sobre ustedes y permanezca para siempre. Amén. Bishop Mark, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, we hope to see you again next time. Thank you, everybody. Y Dios quiere. Adiós. Insights into the Faith is a production of the Office of Communications of the Catholic Diocese of El Paso. Our executive producer is the Most Reverend Bishop Mark J. Seitz, Bishop of the Catholic Diocese of El Paso. This podcast was produced and directed by Fernie Ceniceros, Director of Communications for the Diocese of El Paso. Special thanks to Christopher Velasquez, Senior Communications Specialist. Please feel free to hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. You can ask Bishop Seitz a question for this show by emailing communications at elpasodiocese.org. That's communications at elpasodiocese.org. You can also follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at El Paso Diocese. May God bless you all, and we'll see you again next week. Music